Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, open up to Mark chapter 4. This morning we're just going to take a few moments and really, I really believe God is ready to do something new, not just in our church, but in His church. Amen. Amen. If you look at the world that we are in today, we are ripe for revival. Because usually when the world goes stupid, God shows up. Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, that God will raise up a standard. And we should, Kirsch could use a standard of truth and righteousness to show up in our society today. Amen? And it always begins with the church. And uh, so, so I believe that God has a miracle for us here today. I believe that it's his will continually that we be a people that walk in his miracle provision in every area and aspect of our life. Whether it's any one of these areas that we pray for on a regular basis or every area of our life is covered by the miracle provision of God. And a miracle is just any time heaven comes to earth on your behalf. Jesus said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So anytime God releases the provision of heaven to come to earth, it always comes as a miracle. Praise the Lord. It's heaven showing up on earth. And so that is exciting. And, uh, but we have to believe to receive. Amen. You have to believe to receive. So the title of this message today is Ears to Hear and a Heart to Receive. To receive a miracle, you're going to have to have ears to hear and a heart to receive. Father, today I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I thank you for your word that is alive. It is quick. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides asunder our soul and our spirit. It cuts to the very heart of our life. It discerns our thoughts thoughts and our intents. It shows us to us and it reveals you to us. So Holy Spirit, we ask you today to move by your power. Give us to help us to have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, somebody said, amen. Amen. Mark chapter 4, and uh, if you would, beginning in verse 1. And it says, and again, he began to teach by the sea and a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, listen, everybody say, listen. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and indeed it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7, some seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Verse 8, but other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Here is the pivotal verse of this passage. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now how many know everybody listening to him had ears to hear? So he wasn't just talking about hearing with your natural ears. He was talking about listening with the ears of your spirit or of your inner man, hearing God in your spirit. Verse 10, but when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. 
but to those who are outside, all things come in parable. So Jesus just told them this parable explains the mystery of the kingdom. It's been given to you to understand the mystery of the kingdom, to know it. So look at what he says in verse 12. Seeing that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parable? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear Satan, excuse me, comes immediately. Who comes? Satan comes immediately and tears, takes away the word that was sown in their heart. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. When they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, so endure only for a time. <coughs> Excuse me. Afterward, when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, somebody say for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things, entering and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. These are the ones sown on good ground, and those who are on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and a hundredfold. So having ears to hear and a heart to receive is essential for us to receiving God's word, uh, if you would, manifest in our life. For God's word to come alive and to be displayed through our lives and really to receive the performance of his word or see his word actually come to pass. Uh, you can write this verse down. I didn't put it in your outline. Two passages. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 58 says that Jesus could not do many works there, mighty works there, because of their unbelief. That Jesus was trying to minister to people. His will was to, to, do, uh, to, to reveal the power of God for God to be, make himself known, to display his will and his power and his grace to them. But because of their unbelief, he couldn't do many mighty works. And the Bible says he was just able to heal a few sick people or to help a few people. But he wasn't really able to do all that was in his heart to do because of unbelief that was there. You can write this verse down, Romans 10 and verse 17 says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes from hearing, one translation literally says, faith comes from hearing the message that is contained in the word. It's not just enough to hear the word, it's another thing to hear the message that's in the word. Could you say amen? So that's how faith comes into our life. And so, but we have to, and, and I would encourage you, we put it up there and, and make it known, but I would encourage you, hearing something once doesn't mean you got it. How many times did you have to hear your multiplication tables repeated before you could actually perform them? Oh no, the teacher said, okay, two times two is four, and you said, good, I'm good. Four times four is eight, eight times eight is 16, you know, da, da, da. So, you know, you, once you heard it, you just needed to hear that once, right? You didn't need to hear it twice, just once was enough. And got down inside of you, and you never forgot it again. How many took algebra in high school? How many could do algebra right now? That's all I'm saying. Amen. <laughs> so having heard it, even having walked, even, even having done it, doesn't mean that you retained it or that it is performing in your life. So if that's true just on a natural level, how come we think all we have to do is hear one scripture said one time and we're good to go and we never have to hear it again, but yet expect to see God's word perform on a level that is supernatural? 
That was good right there. I wish I'd have written that down because that just <laughs> came out. But anyway, in that whole area, we expect God to do supernatural things, but without hearing and hearing and hearing. So what we do is we go to great extent. We video these services. We put them on our website. We put them on a Facebook page where you could watch a video again, or there's a podcast there where you could listen to the message over and over again. You don't even have to pay anything for it. Amen. If you go out here and get a CD, we're going to make you buy a CD, but you can go on the website and listen to the podcast for free. Amen. And so from all that's that, but you need to hear the word again. If you really want to learn something, then you have to hear it and hear it and hear it. They'll tell you in the business world that if you study anything for five years, you'll become an expert in it. If you just dedicate to studying something for five years, you can be considered an expert. You have five years of, of dedicated experience in that area, and education in that area, and you'll be considered an expert. Well, I wanted to challenge you with this. What about taking five years really just to study the Word? Not just to hear sermons, but really to be a student of the Word. The Bible, Paul told Timothy, said, study to show yourself approved. A workman who doesn't need to be ashamed, but one who is able to rightly divide the word of truth. So if we want the power of God in our life, it's going to take a little more application than just listening to sermons. Amen? I'm glad you're here and you listen with both ears. Praise the Lord. But you're going to, to get something out of it, there's going to be, have to have something else that happened. Look at your outline with me. And if you're a life group leader or you're a tenant in a life group or haven't, we want to encourage you to plug into life group. And what we're asking you to do is while you're doing that, our life groups are sermon-based life groups. That means we get together, we talk about the message that was preached that week so be make highlight something in your outline man this is what God spoke to me when you get together with the other people something happens when you talk about the word amen when you go over it and you, and, and you share it with one another this is what the Lord said so there's areas highlighted in here in blue there's other things that you can take and, and then use that in, in your time together in your life group see there's a pivotal verse that we read in this passage which was verse 9 he who has ears to hear let him hear the word of God is a seed and it must be conceived in the womb of our spirits in order for it to bring forth the life that it contains hear that this morning God's word is seed that's a whole parable. The sower sowed the word. And Jesus said, the word is seed. And what is it looking for? It is looking for good ground. But just hearing is not conceiving. Hearing is not conceiving. Amen. In fact, Portia, Portia is so funny. And I, I can't believe I'm going to say this right now, but I will. Portia is so funny. I, I, I love them. And, that, and she's just talking. We we're talking about some different things. I said, you know, I said, most Christians practice safe sex. They're just afraid to get pregnant with the word of God. Oh, Pastor Don, that's so good. And I started sharing some other things. She pulls out her phone. I need to record you. I'm going to say that to my church tomorrow. Amen. <laughs> I love abortion, Stephen. Amen. But just hearing is not conceiving. The goal of the hearer is to conceive and to bring forth new life. Our goal as a believer is to become pregnant with the Word of God and bring forth the life that it contains. God has offered to us new life. But I have to receive it in my spirit, not just hear it with my ears. So Jesus says, let him that has ears to hear, hear. The heart of the Father, hear me, is to deliver us from the failures, defeats, and denials of our Fridays, the sorrows and regrets of our Saturdays, so we can live in the resurrection life of Sunday of his Son. Amen. Come on, we have church on Sunday because Jesus was raised on the first day of the week. This is the first day of the week. It's resurrection life. The disciple denied him and ran from him on Friday. They were discouraged and depressed on Saturday, but on Sunday, he offered them new life. Amen. 
And so God does that in our lives. The enemy of your soul cares nothing about how much you hear. The devil could give a flying rip on how many church services you go to. He'd go to all of them. He does not care. Think about it. As long as you never allow the life of the word to be conceived in your heart. His goal is to steal, kill, and destroy the life of God before it can be formed in you. He comes with the morning after pill. Contrived from a mixture of the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust for other things to choke and abort the life contained in the sea. If that doesn't work, he brings persecution and affliction for the word's sake. His goal is to abort and to keep the life contained contained in God's word from ever being formed in you. The devil has one goal. That's to keep you from ever having God's life be formed and come to fruition in your life. Amen. And you wonder why is abortion such a tragedy and, 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 and such a blemish on our nation as a whole? Because God creates nothing without purpose. Nothing. And every life conceived in the womb is stamped with an eternal destiny and purpose. God creates life to have purpose. And he creates life to produce increase. And every life snuffed out in the womb, every life that, that's, that, that's aborted in the womb is a destiny that has been denied. Because the devil hates everything that God creates. And he fights against it. And we have just been a nation that is stuck on stupid in this area. Amen. And it's a wonder that we see. And God judges things. We have to understand, people, that some of the stuff we do bring from this standpoint. God's judgment works in a couple of ways. There's one way where he just moves in judgment. And there's another way where he just backs off and leaves us to our own demise. I don't want God backing off. I want his covering over my life. I want his protection. Look inside your outline. Every attack, every obstacle, and every form of adversity we face in life comes for the word's sake. The problem is we take it all personal. But the attack is always against the word and the life it contains. We did the series on relationships. Why are relationships so hard? Because the word of God has a lot to say about relationships. And the Word of God produces godly relationships and godly connections. And when we join together, and we walk in unity together in our relationship together, we become an unstoppable force. And so the devil works against every area. But then we take everything that the devil uses. We get all offended at people personally. When we don't understand, this is an attack for the Word's sake. I'm not going to allow the devil to rip me off from the harvest of God's Word in my life. And so we have to take that stand. The devil doesn't care if you talk about life, listen to words of life, pray about life, or even attend a church named Solid Rock Faith Center. Come on, you go to Solid Rock Faith Center. Glory to God. Who cares? He doesn't care. He doesn't care about any of that. Wow. His only concern is that you never conceive and give birth to the life of God. That's his only concern. So he sells us a lie that hearing is the same as conceiving. Well, I listen to this, I listen to that, I listen to this, I listen to that, I do this. And you know, I love technology. Amen. I, I use it. I, 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 but, but we get down where we don't want to read, we want the word read to us. Amen. I don't even have to come up. It was brought up in our life group this week that even when it comes to our devotional, they even tell me what my verse of the day is supposed to be. 
comes up on my screen. I can put a picture on it, look like I thought of it myself. <laughs> Amen. Post it like God spoke to me. Amen. But it was my phone. Amen. So anyway, watch it. So he tells us that hearing, the, the lie that hearing is the same as conceiving. Hear this and never forget it. The, you've heard me say, if you've been here long, you've heard me say it before, I'll never change it. The number one trick of the enemy is always simple but effective. He's out to get you to believe what he knows is not true. How many Christians are, are believing right now, I'm a good Christian, I go to church. Well, do you live like that? No, but I go to church. I'm a good Christian. I, I give money to the church. So I'm, I must be saved and doing that. But, but there, there's no manifestation of the life of God in their life. So he gets us to believe what he knows is not true. He knows that if you become pregnant in your spirit with the life of God, he cannot defeat you. That's what he knows. And that's the truth. If you and I become pregnant and God's life gets birthed on the inside of us, you are an unstoppable force. Nothing he can do can prevail against you. That's what he knows is true, but he doesn't want you to believe it. So he moves to abort the life that the word contains before it is fully formed in your spirit. Before you learn to live by the power of the new life that has all authority over him, which declares in 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You see, the Bible uses the analogy of pregnancy and new birth to describe how God is at God's word is at work in our life. First Peter 1 verse 23 says there that you have not been born again by corruptible seed, but by an incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. You are born again by receiving the word of God planted into the womb of your spirit. New life is there. First Peter 2 2 says as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the the word that you may grow thereby. So I conceive an incorruptible seed. Conception of life takes place, and now that life is being formed in me. And I'm when I begin to feed on the word, the, but, but the milk of God's word it begins to nourish me, and that life begins to grow to maturity. And Lord willing, we get to the place in Hebrews five where we are no longer babies and no longer just need meat, but we're able to live by the milk, but by the meat of God's word. Could you say Amen? That's God's goal for our life, that we grow to maturity. Hallelujah. And so, then Galatians 4.19, Paul prayed this way. He says, my dear children, for whom I travail as a woman going through labor. As a woman caught in the pain of giving birth, in labor pain, until, listen to this, until Christ is fully formed in you. Until Christ is fully formed in you. And then Jesus says to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Because what's born of the flesh is flesh, but what is born of the Spirit is what? Spirit. Amen? And so God uses this analogy for Look at this. 1 John 3 and verse 9, I put it in your outline there. Whoever has been what? Born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him. His seed, and God's seed contains his life. Amen? His seed contains his life. He cannot sin because he has been 
born of God. See, this is the life that the devil feared. The word of God is the seed of life. Say that with me. The word of God is the seed of life. We need to get that down on the inside of it. You see, seed is defined by purpose and is to be planted to bring forth the life that it contains within it. Jesus declared that those who could hear that the word of God, Jesus declared to those who could hear that the word of God is seed. All words are seeds. Every word you hear is a seed. And at word, God gave us words with creative power. Every word, words carry creative power. Words carry life. And they either carry, well, I'll put it like this. Words either carry life or they carry death. Okay, Matthew 13, I put it there in your outline. I don't have time to read it. Verses 24 through 30 is about the farmer who went out to sow. And then at night, the enemy came and sowed tares amongst the wheat. And the tares began to grow up. So it's a counterfeit seed. The devil always sows a counterfeit. Every time you hear a truth from God's word, the devil will always try to bring a counterfeit to counteract that. To get you to buy the lie instead of live by the truth. Are you listening to me? And so we need to understand that, how the enemy works in our life. So seed is defined by purpose and is to be planted to bring forth life. Its purpose is to be planted in the soil of our heart and bring forth the harvest that it contains, not the harvest that we choose or wish it would produce. I don't, I, we don't get to say, God, this is what I want you to do in my life. Amen. His word is seed, and it contains his life. Amen. So, excuse me. <coughs> how, how could I illustrate this? Watch this. So this is my little bean seeds. I've used these over and over over the years. But uh, I just keep this in my office for teaching on this. That this is... Tender green improved beans. These are spirit-filled beans. <laughs> Amen. Highly improved. Look at, Look at that. Do you know what's in that? That. You know what's in that? That. But this doesn't look like that. And so I'm just going to, Yeah. I'm just going to carry this seed with me right here in my pocket. I'm going to keep it next to my heart. And I'm believing to receive that. How many know I'm be waiting a long time? What does this seed need? It needs what? Soil and it needs water. What's the Holy Spirit called? Living water. Amen. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. So this seed has to get in soil. And be watered with the word. Amen. Don't worry, next week I will not have green beans coming out my ears. <laughs> Hallelujah. We've all swallowed watermelon seeds and you still haven't turned into a watermelon vine yet. Amen. But see, we think if I just take that seed and just carry it with me. In fact, if I just take all the promises of God and I put them in my little precious promise box and I carry them with me. 
and I read the promises. I talk about the promises. I declare, but the word never gets inside of me. Then what happens? I never receive the life that it contains. Are you with me? So look at this. Seed contains the assignment, not the soil. John 15, verses 7 8. If you abide in me and my word, what? Abides in you. The word abide there means to live in, to settle down in, to take up residence. If my word lives in you, settles down in you, and takes up residence in you, then you will ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. You see, soil, the seed contains the assignment, not the soil. The soil places demand upon the seed and releases the assignment in the seed. Soil does not design or define the harvest. I thought I had, I, I would have gone to the store and bought some, but I, I thought I had some, some extra potting soil there at the house left over from planting our garden stuff, but I didn't. I used it all up, and uh, so I went out to get it this morning, but it, it wasn't there. I should have went to the store yesterday and, or checked yesterday and see. But in this area, if I just had dirt here, I could stand there and look at dirt forever, expect a harvest, and nothing's going to happen. Amen. Dirt does not produce. Soil does not produce. It has to have seed sown into it. And the moment seed and soil come together, the soil begins to make a demand on what is in the seed. The soil doesn't tell the seed what to produce. The assignment is already in the seed. You and I, it is not faith to try to think of what you want God to produce in your life. Our responsibility is to receive the seed and to walk in the harvest that he has purposed for our life. God calls you for purpose. God is about doing his purpose and his will. We are given the knowledge to know his will, not for him to conform to our will. Amen. And so, how do you get miracle when we get this thing back on track where it's supposed to be? See, we're in recalibrate, relaunch, so we might as well just get our thinking back in the right order as well. Amen? And just think right about the Word of God. So hear me. The enemy also aborts the life of God in us by getting us to believe that we can design our own harvest. The devil says, oh, you can believe God. You can design for whatever you want. And we have that. And people have taken the Word out into left field and taught us wrong principles. Need to come back there. You don't design anything with God. Are you listening to me? That we can make the seed produce the harvest we desire, and the devil knows that is not true. Soil produces nothing without seed. Soil has no power to design it. How many of you plant a garden besides me? I never walk out there and my garden just shows up. Oh, yeah, you, if your tomato plants fell down there and you get some volunteer plants from last year, something like that. But the soil didn't do it by itself. Something fell there and left some seed behind. Soil by itself can't produce anything. It'll just be barren ground without seed. Amen. Dirt does not design harvest. It brings forth the harvest contained in the seed. Jesus is the sower. His word is the seed. Our hearts are the soil that he sows the seed into. He declares it. Hear it again. The dirt never says to the sower, this is what I want you to plant in me. What does that mean as a believer? You and I, God, this is what I want you to do with my life. But my garden out back doesn't tell me what to do. Are you with me today? It does. I just say, God, do whatever you do. It's just available to me. My garden produces the harvest that I designed and determined to sow into its soil. I never stand over the dirt and ask it what it would like me to plant. I determine that out of my own will, and then I place a demand on the soil to produce according to my will, not its will. 
Are you with me? I'm talking about how to get a miracle. Amen. How to receive what God has declared. See, what I do then is I improve the soil and provide the soil with everything it will need to be abundantly productive. And I watch over the seed that I plant to ensure that it produces a harvest that, was, that it was sent to produce. I pull the weeds out so they don't choke the life out. Are you listening to me? I, I, I care and I keep for it. And God tends us the same way. He prunes us. He watches over us. He takes care of the weeds in our life. If we'll yield to the process. See, God provides us with his word. He provides us with his spirit and he provides us with every resource of heaven to make sure that his word produces. Look at Isaiah 55. You've heard this before, but I want you to hear it this morning fresh in your ear. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return, but water the earth. Somebody say water the earth. And watch this. And make it. Somebody say make it. So the rain comes down, the snow comes down, they water the earth and they make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. How many know that's declaring that the earth is not a consumer, the earth is a producer? And God is moving in your life and my life. The, the American church has been under the influence of American consumerism. And God is bringing a move upon his church to move the church out of being consumers and to step back into the life of God and be producers for the kingdom of God to take back territory from the enemy and stand up where we belong. It's time for us to conceive and bring forth life again in the kingdom of God. Could you shout amen? So think about this today. And he says, so look at what the Lord says. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what? What I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And what he's declaring, my word going to perform exactly what I said in your life. And it's going to produce exactly what I've assigned it to produce. Something amazing happens. Miracles begin to show up. The life of God just shows up when we just get the simple wisdom of Mary that just steps back and says, forget everything else. Be it unto me according to your word. Well, I think God ought to do this. Good. You know what he's going to do with that attitude? Nothing. Because God is going to perform his word, period. And if he can't perform it in you, he'll move right over here and get some good soil that you wouldn't even think was worth doing anything with. God does that all the time. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians 1 that he chooses the foolish thing to confound the wise. God chooses dirt that nobody else would think about planting in. Because the dirt doesn't have any desire to order God around. We get wise, we get smart, and we start telling God how, how to do his will in the earth. God says, I don't need you to do anything. Just shut up and be good dirt. Just agree with what I've already declared to you. I would do. Are you getting this this morning? Amen. And so when we get it, and then we say, well, how come that person's getting this? How come that person get that? Because that person's not trying to order God around or to form God or to get God to jump through hoops to meet their needs to make them feel good about their life. I didn't come to make you feel good about your life. He came to invite you into his life, and you'll never feel bad about your life when you step into his life. This is really good stuff. I wish I would have wrote some of this down before service this morning. 
Amen. So watch this. So look at this. It will accomplish what I plead, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. First service will probably have to get this tape because I'm not going to be able to say this again. Watch this. We are the garden of the Lord. Most Christians want to tell God what he should plant as a harvest for their life. And then they wonder why it doesn't work. They forget that the abundant life of the believer is connected to simply being good soil that receives the seed of the sower and brings forth the harvest that it contains. Some 30, some 60, and 100 fold. Come on, how do I get blessed? I'll tell you how you get blessed. Just say, God, I'm some good dirt. I have no plan. I have no desire other than to be the garden of the Lord. Father, I just agree with your word. Everything you said, I believe can come to pass in my life. I'm not going to try to shape it and form it. You are the potter. I am the clay. I don't have any hands. I'm just this little lump laying here. I'm just some dirt. Go ahead. I believe to receive your word and everything it is be it unto me according to your word I agree and God's word begins to manifest through your life so hear me this morning as the worship team comes back our desire must be to be the good ground that agrees with the sower and the seed the only thing we are required to manage is our hearts that's it Proverbs 4.23, now will even make more sense to you this morning after this. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Why is your heart so important? I would hear over and over in Proverbs. Keep, listen to the way the Message Bible says it. Keep a vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Life starts in your heart. Amen. How many know Jesus said a lot about our hearts? Amen. But what happened? Look at look, look, just now. Now think about it. out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What does the mouth speak? The words that have been sown into it. That's why all word is seed. When you get it in there and that gets in your heart, that's the harvest that's going to come out of your mouth. And when I speak that out, words have created for. And now those words create things in my life. And they create the fear. They create the doubt. They create the mayhem. They create everything around me. Instead of speaking words of life, I'm speaking words of depression, discouragement, lack, insufficiency, sickness, death. Because I've allowed the wrong seeds to be sown in my heart. I need to guard my heart. Your heart is too precious just to let any words get planted in there. Amen. Think about it. The contemporary English Bible says this. Said, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Amen. I listen to some of the debates going on. Do politicians really think we're that stupid? That's more insulting than anything to me I don't care if you want to be stupid just don't insult my intelligence I am not stupid this is all manipulation and politicizing and all the back and forth so you can have your way so you can hold on to your power and you it, it's you're just a user amen and you're trying to prostitute our nation for your own gain just a bunch of pimps and pushers in Hollywood dear Jesus amen I can say that now, and they can't take my 501c3 away. Amen. Thank you, President Trump. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know if I, anyway, moving right along. So what happens? When we have the right heart, we are good ground, and harvest is guaranteed. See, I don't know about you. I'm in a place in my life where I'm hungry to see more than I've ever seen before in my walk with God. But I'm, I'm just ready to see more. 
I'm excited about everything God's done. I'm excited for everything that's got us to right now. But I don't want to stay here. I want to see more. Amen. I I want God to break up some new ground. I want him to expand his garden in my life. I I have more potential. I I I have more. I I can receive. It's like that. I believe I can receive more seed and produce more still in my life. Are you with me? So if we just get that inside of it. See, I want to see his harvest fully formed in my life. Not what I desire, but what he has designed. See, I want to recalibrate and relaunch more than just our services. I want to relaunch my faith. Amen. I really do. I want to relaunch my faith. I want to believe God for greater things. I want to believe God for more souls to be saved, more lives to be changed. I want to see miracles in our services. Amen. I believe, I believe needs ought to be able to walk through the door and stay here and people walk out free. Are you listening? That's the will of God. Needs walk in the door and then they stay here. They're taken care of here. They are met here and people walk out free. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's where I'm at. I'm asking God to do something fresh in me. Maybe you'll join me in seeking the Lord and asking Him to do something fresh and new in your relationship with Him. I don't, I don't know what that is in your life. I don't know where you are because we've become professional cover-ups. We can act like, look like, say like, talk like, be like. We can do all that stuff. But then the question always is, really, how's our heart with God? What are we believing for? Where are we? So I'm asking you to let God do something fresh in your life. To boldly allow the Holy Spirit to lead you where you've never gone before. Maybe to rekindle a flame of passion in your heart for the things of God. To see the life of His Word produce its full harvest in your life. To have and live life more abundant. Having ears to hear and hearts to receive. See, today we can choose to rise above the failures, defeats, and denials of our Fridays. To allow God to heal us from the sorrows and regrets of our Saturdays. We can choose to live in the resurrection life of Sunday. Today's Resurrection Sunday. Every Sunday we remember Jesus rose on the first day of the week. Jesus rose. We live in resurrection life. We're buried with Him in baptism and we're raised with Him in newness of life. Let's just have hearts that desire to live there. Would you stand with me this morning? And I'm going to put you like this. Revival doesn't come when somebody else prays for you. Revival comes when you get on your face before God and ask God to move in your life. Revival comes when we say, God, I've allowed these things to enter into my life. Maybe you're here today and certain things, you've just your heart's just been hard towards God. You've heard the word, but you've never chosen to respond to God in that area. And so you come to church, you hear the word, you walk back out, but the enemy's there at the door. He checks you for life. If he has any sense of it, he steals the seed that was sown there. Maybe you've been excited for the Lord at one time. You were excited for a short time, but that excitement wore off. When the persecution came for the word's sake, you took it personal and gave up on God and haven't been in that place with Him since then. Maybe you're here today and you were that on-fire believer. You were serving, you were involved in everything, but life just entered in, choked your word out. Cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things used to help to serve, love to teach, do things, all, so many areas in that. But life's just got too busy and you no longer have time for God. But maybe you're here today and you just say, God, I'm just hungry. 
I want to accept this challenge today. I'm going to say yes to you with all my heart. I believe there's more than what I've seen so far. And I'm going to say yes to God. I'm just going to open this altar up this morning. Because God always meets us at an altar. And I'm just wanting to see if anybody's hungry. I feel God wanting to do something. I, I believe we're, we're, this relaunch is orchestrated by God. I see God's hand bringing us all the way around to where we are right now as a church. I'm excited for what lies ahead. But I have to stir something up on the inside of me. So if you're ready to stir something up and you just want to take some time just to seek God, I could pray for you, but that won't bring revival and breakthrough in your life. It's when you pour your heart out to God and meet with God. So I'm asking you to come from where you are. Find a place at this altar. Begin to pray and seek God as they lead us. Let's ask God to move in our lives today. In Jesus' name. Amen.